you ever heard of Candyman? And if you look in the mirror, and you say his name five times. In cities everywhere. Candyman? They whisper his name. Right. Candyman. It's just a story. Candyman. Candyman. Just a ghost story. Candyman. You are listening to The Spooky Screen, a podcast where a couple of friends just talk about horror movies. Today we'll be discussing Candyman, the 1992 horror film. But first, everyone introduce yourselves and tell us what the weirdest food you ever stuck into a movie theater was. Hey, uh, I'm David, and the strangest snack I've ever smuggled into a movie theater Um. Well, my mom didn't believe in buying snacks at the concession stand because she thought it was a ripoff. So she would bring a huge, giant purse. So I've probably brought in like full size bags of Tostitos chips and like one of those like two liter soda bottles with like solo cups. So we like pretty much brought in like a whole picnic. You brought in like a little like birthday party. Yeah. We brought like bags of candy. Two liter with solo cups? Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking about my mom like, brought, like, ballsy. like Bro, the bag, the CIA bag, stuff, bag. Man. <laughs> CIA. Well, my name is Nick. The oddest snack I think I snuck in was a sandwich because, like, we went to Subway and then I snuck the Subway sandwich into the movie theater. Dude, what was on the sandwich? It's an Italian sub. It's always an Italian sub. I'm I'm so plain Jane with my subs. On the like the. On the Parmesan herb bread? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's so basic. No, no. That's that's a smuggle. Hey, well, I'm Johnny. And uh, like David, and I'm sure I feel like Noah's going to say the same thing, my, specifically my mother, was very adamant about not spending... <laughs> A lot of money at the concession stand. I don't think <laughs> yeah. we, I don't. I don't remember buying a single. Maybe a Slurpee. Like sometimes we do a Slurpee. Yeah, the um, But I don't think I ever bought. Yeah, it was like special. Also, like soda and mead. You know, yeah, long history there. Uh, <laughs> but but the truth is, it was nothing. I don't. I can't remember anything super weird. Honestly, my mom would always like get like, you know, a big like a big thing of candy and like something, some water bottles to slip in and a soda or something. Let me ask you this. What store did you guys usually go to before the movie theater? Oh, my mom always got at ShopRite. Always. Yeah. Okay. Always at ShopRite. I should have asked you that too, David. Oh, there was a stop and shop by the AMC by us. But I remember when I was in college, I did sneak in uh, a little bottle of Jack Daniels. Oh and I God. got super trashed watching a movie. Do you remember what movie? <laughs> David, your children are gonna listen to this. I think it was I think it was ja- I think it was I think it was Jackass Three and then I You're drove a to father, J- David. And then, then I drove to Johnny's house. Oh my god. Oh I, I got oh actually is that yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's that's All the right, night. Cut, I remember cut, that. Let's no. Let's uh let's kill it there, right? <laughs> John, did you have anything else to add? No, I, I, I'm just about to say, I don't think it was anything very exciting ever. It was just like, the big thing was that, you know, we were not going to buy and we were just going to bring in our own stuff. But honestly, honestly, like, I, I appreciate that because I still go and I feel like icky when I buy stuff there. Um, How did you smuggle the snacks in? Oh, my mom's purse. Yeah, what's the mom's purse? I mean, that's like, that was the yeah. thing. Well, there was times where, do you guys remember when they used to check your purse and stuff? There was like a no. couple. Of, there was times where they started doing that because people were doing it so much. Did you ever stick it in your pants or like pretend no. you were in your sweaters? <laughs> you know no? me. I I always like buying the stuff at the snack. Like whenever we used to go when we were young, I would always try to buy it even if I had no money. But it was just you know my parents didn't like to do it. Yeah, I love spending five dollars on tap water. It's great. <laughs> it's a great deal. Well, so. My name is Steven, and um, in terms of the craziest snack that I've snuck into the movie theaters, at first I was going to say a bag of smart food popcorn, um, but Dave stole that. So I was going to say, oh, like a jumbo size bag, like Costco size. And my wife pretended it was her, uh, her pregnant belly, so she basically 
uh, stuffed it in no. front of her. And like, <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> See, I, I've I've done that before. You're, Not the no, pride, no, pride, yeah, bro. okay, yeah, that's what you meant to say, bro. It's my yeah. beer belly. No, hey, Stephen, <laughs> let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Did she like walk around with her like hands on her hips, like as if she was pregnant? <laughs> like she oh, had her. Dude, how much she, did she commit? Yeah, I want to know about the commitment. She had her hand resting on like her belly, as if she was like caressing it the entire time. And every everybody knew. Everybody knew. <laughs> no, but they, no one questioned it. The what employees if you, weren't paid enough to question it, Steve. What if you had like a really observant employee? 100% know it. You had like a really observant employee, and then they see you coming out of the theater. Yeah, imagine if you had like the Dwight Schrute of employees <laughs> who came out with like a knife and was like, that's not a baby. Ugh. <laughs> popcorn just coming out of her. David, to be completely honest, we probably walked back out the way we came from. So they were like, oh, she, she wasn't pregnant. <laughs> Yeah, like she gave birth in the theater. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Have so, Have any of you guys been caught smuggling food? I no, feel like I was too scared. I was too scared. You don't bro. care. I was too Dude. scared to sneak into our movies too. I think I did it once with you and uh, Carl, but I was too that scared to sneak right. in. I forgot. We saw Sin City. Sin City. I think. Oh yeah, that's right. We did. I used to do double featuring all the time. David, once again, once again, your children are listening. <laughs> Bro. You're not you're not building the gaze for yourself. At AMC theaters, it's so easy. You just walk out and walk into the next one you see. But the thing is, it wasn't me. It was my mom's decision all the time. <laughs> Good old Grandma Koto. I love oh how Dave God. just threw his mom under the bus. Yeah, movies cost money, man. She didn't buy snacks. She didn't see. <laughs> yeah, you 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 do the early morning matinee. And then you do like, watch like three movies, and then you go out to dinner. <laughs> the hardest part oh, is your mom needs movie, to start a podcast. The hardest part is one movie was on the other wing, and then you had to like somehow like go to the other side. Yeah, you just go to the bathroom on the other wing, and then you just yeah. sneak in. My name's Noah. Uh, the craziest thing I've ever smuggled into a movie theater was a whole pizza pie. Like How? seriously, bro. <clears throat> and I was with someone, and they had a whole pizza pie, and they actually got stopped and weren't allowed into the movie theater. So I ate my pizza pie while watching a movie, and they ate their pizza pie outside. Where, where was, was it, this? Was it in Australia? Oh, or? Yeah, this was in Australia. Oh my god! Is this with Jenna? That's insane. No, it was with my. That'd be mad funny if you left Jenna outside. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, peace I, out. I a commitment to the art. <laughs> to watch the movie, babe. Dude, I couldn't miss the coming attractions. <laughs> it's honestly the best part of the movies. Like, I love coming attractions. I basically go for that. Yeah, the trailers are always fun. So we'll be talking about Candyman tonight, uh, a 1992 movie. Nick, will you read the summary for us? Uh, yeah. So the synopsis for Candyman is. Skeptical skeptical graduate student Helen Lyle, played by Virginia Madsen, befriends Anne-Marie McCoy, played by Vanessa Williams, while researching superstitions in a housing project on Chicago's near north side. From Anne-Marie, Helen learns about the Candyman, played by Tony Todd, a knife-wielding figure of urban legend that some of her neighbors believe to be responsible for a recent murder. After a mysterious man matching the Candyman's description begins stalking her, Helen comes to fear that the legend may be all too real. Oof. Nice and well done. Okay, uh, let's describe, in your own words, describe the movie in a single sentence, starting with Steven. Uh, yeah, so I think in a single sentence, I would describe Candyman as a doubting intellectual is consumed by a waning urban legend to nightmarish results. Oh my god! Did you prepare that? that was I like, did. That was like you, academic level explanation. If you use another SAT words, I swear to God, I'm gonna come to this microphone. I'm like, I'm like, I need to say something smart. Dang it! He took what I was gonna say. Yeah, right. that was my sentence verbatim. <laughs> All right, Johnny, you go. Oh, great. <laughs> Follow that up. I, uh, okay. So I think it's a, um, 
I think it's a psychological slasher thriller. That's what that's how I describe it. Okay. It's somewhere in between the two. I I'm not gonna get as profound as Steven because he's already owned that. But <laughs> I how how I saw it is I want your own words. That's Steven's own yep, words. How I see about- it is it was it was a nice balance between a psychological thriller along with a slasher film. All right, Nick. Single sentence. What was Candyman about? Well, my professor's at Harvard now. <laughs> um, you mean Georgetown? <laughs> Just capping, bro. I would say something close to what John said, where it's kind of like a slow burn slasher film with mm-hmm. very psychological elements that really mm-hmm. relies on... It relies on it being a thriller more than it relies on the slasher, but the slasher yeah. really pays off. It's that that's the payoff of the movie when it, you gotcha. get to the slasher parts of it, for sure. All right, David. Um, I would say a psychological thriller set in '90s Chicago projects. Why don't you just throw a five-syllable word in there at the end? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know many five-syllable words. I went to a public university. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't pay that much attention when I was in class anyway. Cheers, man. <clears throat> I, I concur. I think psychological... Wait, wait, real quick. Can you Can you hear it when I do this? Just everyone wait. Not... I don't know yeah, what you're doing. What right, are cool. You doing. Cool, cool, cool. I don't want to know what you're doing, I feel like. <laughs> no, I just, I, just, I just took a drink. I just didn't oh, do it by the mic. Oh, no, I didn't hear it. Dave, are you going to say something else? No, I was just going to say, I think why everyone's using psychological is just because it, it brings up so many different things. Okay. I think it's a broad, a very broad way to describe it. I, I, I'll be, I'll, I'll counter that a little bit. Like, what I mean by that very specifically is there it's it's um it's kind of toying with the idea of what's happening in the show like like you're relating to a psychological like break a little bit like is it real or not and they did a really good job at playing that up where like a slasher film is not about that it's about like kind of gore and fear this is about a mixture of like reality and like you know mental health and like there's a little bit other stuff involved I think the main difference between your typical slasher film is that it's not straightforward like a slasher film is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a slasher film is bad guy kills a bunch of people, right? That's not how this works in Game yeah. Man. It's yeah. very like It's not clear who's good or bad. It's not clear who's real or not. It's like It plays with that narrative a lot. So it's not straightforward. Yeah. Um my single sentence is uh a super violent version of Phantom of the Opera set in an urban um, setting. I can see that. Interesting. You looked that up 100%. I did not look that up. No, 100%. (laughs) Johnny Johnny is going to be the everyman in this podcast. He's going to be like, you're using too many big words at me. Yeah, I told you. I, 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 I was I was honest when I joined this podcast that I was going to be the everyman. I'm not going to come prepared. I don't know I like anything it. about horror, and you want some of that, baby. I like it. Woo-hoo. I like it. So let's move on to the next question. Did you like it or did you not like it? Um, let's start with Nick. Um, so I guess I can say from two perspectives. Like when I saw this as like a kid, I saw this probably in like fourth grade. What? Yeah, because it was just one of those <laughs> movies that, like, you know, your friends had older, like, had older siblings, and they watched it, and they were like, "Hey, we're True. watching. If you want to watch it." Was it like a movie your like brother put on, and you were just there, or was uh, it like at your friend's house? It was something like that. Where I don't remember where I was. I just know that the first time I saw it, it was on, and it scared the crap out of me. Um, and then I, the second time I saw it, like, it wasn't that, like, I hated it, but it was more so to just be like, ooh, because, like, all the kids talked about it at school, and it was one of those, like, ooh, yeah, that's right, I've watched it. Oh, you watched it? I can't believe you watched it. So, like, it became, like, a mythos type thing, like. Yeah, so I always told myself I really loved this movie, Mm -hmm. um, and watching it, I don't hate it, but, like, I mean, it's not the greatest horror movie ever created. 
let me let me let me ask you this what's one thing that makes you say it's not a great movie like give me an example of why you say it's just okay um like is it too slow is it too confusing like what is it that if you want to watch a horror movie um especially one in the 90s that's when like i don't want to say that's when like slashers really came to prominence but that was like a big time for slashers maybe it was Mm -hmm. like a resurgence um but watching that you would think the same thing because like Candyman's like put in the lineup of like you know slasher killers and then when you watch that movie you're like slash slash and you're like oh well i guess i gotta sit here and think about this a lot first and then oh oh okay now i get one payoff and like it does slowly I, I can build. tell i can tell you why though i i i, get, I agree with you nick i i want to jump in because i think when you say the slashing part i think the villain is a little confusing to me mm-hmm. like i actually thought like his dialogue and his purpose was good but like his actual self like a like a guy with a hook his name is Candyman. i'm not sure why like i i can't tell if he's physical or not like there's a lot of elements of him that was just really confusing to me and i think like you couldn't grasp what you were afraid of exactly like like they were trying to make him really real but also not and i just like they they called him Candyman. He actually lived somewhere, but did he really live somewhere? Like it was all these weird like juxtapositions, mm-hmm. and it was just very confusing. Would you agree with Johnny that it was just too confusing? That's why you say it's not that it's okay. Um, yeah, I don't want to say it's too confusing, but the pacing kind of just makes jumps here and there, and they don't explain. They really just rely on you figuring a lot out yourself. It's, and it's p- very involved, is what I hear you saying. It's you have to be like fully dedicated and watching. I guess that's a fair way to say it. Maybe that's why I didn't yeah. pick up on everything because I wasn't like super focused. I have to agree with you, Johnny, and I'll I'll share more why I feel similar to what you just uh, said. But um, yeah, I was I was confused by the characterization in this film. I think the movie was very smart in some ways and also kind of dumb in other ways so um just agreeing with you that i was confused by the villain i would say even inconsistent like it it just you know what i mean that's a better word i think inconsistent is a better word i think okay david why don't you go ahead all right what the question is did you like it did Did you you like it? it Not if yeah. it's a good movie, because that doesn't. That's very. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's subjective. It's subjective um, anyway. So I want to hear if you liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it to, in, in the essence that, in the canon of like, classic, horror mi- movie villains and monsters, I think, Candyman is synonymous with like Michael Myers and Jason. And, you know, Freddy Krueger, I think he, this was something that, uh, a story that wasn't told before, like a, a black villain and, you know, the story predominantly took place in the inner city. It wasn't in a camp or it wasn't in the suburbs. It was like a completely different, uh, look. And I really liked it. And I think, uh, from what Johnny was kind of pointing at as like the visual confusion of the character. I kind of liked it in the sense that he was like an amalgam of rumors. You know, you, you hear like the old horror story about the, the hook that scraped on the car door, you know, that everybody told about at a campfire. And then the guy walking in like the big coat, um whispers you know or like something jumping out of a mirror so like his whole like persona was just like uh like an amalgamation of all these like different types of like scary stories that you heard as a kid so i don't know i, li- I liked the character of candy man and i liked the movie yeah there were like some things that i'd like to see done differently but that's in a lot of movies but i i think it was a good movie so David, I, 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 you're saying that you like it because it was original, and you you liked the mythos of it, the Candyman mythos and everything. I like the I like the setting, and I like the story. I like the originality in it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a, I think I'm a little confused of where everyone stands. I know David liked it, but Nick thought it was okay. Johnny, you thought it was confusing. 
I haven't gone yet. Oh, sorry. Well, no, I thought Did it I was go? okay only because it didn't match my previous reality of this movie. I got you. High expectations that got dashed. I just the rocks. killed on Nick. Sorry. That's why. You're go ahead, Johnny. Uh, I would say I liked it. Um, okay. I liked it, uh, and I'll, the reason why is once again I'll preface that I was a little distracted while I watched it, but I, I, I like the psychological part about it. I actually think that was the whole point of it. I actually think it was a really smart movie, um, and I really liked the villain when he was ethereal and speaking. Um, I think what confused me were like the tangible elements of him. Um, you know, like they, I don't know why they called him Candyman. Can someone answer me that? Why is he called Candyman? It's more of the story that it was based on. It really doesn't have to do with anything with his exactly. origin well, story. Okay. Well, it okay. has to do with his. Um, I thought it had yeah. to do with the bees. Yeah, well, how he, he, how he died. Well, the movie because he was yeah he was slathered in honey and killed yeah, the bees. That was not candy. I don't know. There was like a lot I mean, of weird stuff like that. The, 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 Candyman, the, but all the things like honey sweet and it says sweets for the sweet. So yeah, sweets for the sweet. Sweets for the sweet. It's from uh, Hamlet. So he really doesn't have to do with his origin story at all, besides the loose connection between the bees and that you know that old Hamlet Shakespearean saying. Mm-hmm. It's not I like guess, he was a candy man in his previous life. And like, you can see how that can be confusing. Cause they called it candy man. Yeah. They, they had like candy in a scene. Like, it's just a weird, it, there was weird stuff like that. But I would think what I really liked about it was I really, really, really enjoyed the psychological kind of questioning of like, is the killer real or is it just people who have lost it? And like, yeah. and I mean, I'm over, I'm oversimplifying it a little bit, but like, I really enjoyed that. I actually really, really liked paying attention to that. And I thought it was shot well, and I thought those scenes were good, and it was interesting. And I always liked when he showed up and killed someone. And then you're like, did he actually do it, or did they do it? Like, you're like, I I got really excited about that. So I actually really liked it. Yeah, that is a fun part of the movie. I think we can all agree that the gore effects in this movie was just, and the effects in general was just amazing. Oh yeah. yeah, it was oh, good. Yeah. That one scene with him uh with the bees in his mouth, that's real. Oh, that's like, he like really did that. Yeah. That was like yeah. Chef's Kiss beautiful. That was frightening. Yeah. So Johnny liked it. Uh Steven, you didn't really get to go, so did you like yeah, it or did so you not like it? I didn't like it. So um I I had a lot of problems with uh okay, where do I even begin? Like the movie <laughs> takes so much like historical influences. Like you were saying, like Sweets from the Sweet came from Hamlet, but it was about a story that was based in England. It deals with the projects in Chicago. Cabrini Green was a real place that was demolished back in like the late 2000s. Um, it's dealing with urban legends, themes of gentrification, uh, racism. It's touching on the historical murder of like this kid named Emmett Till. Uh, like it has so many influences. And Nick was saying like it, it took in all these historical influences and then kind of got bloated and then ended up forgetting about some of them and just kind of left them unanswered. Right. I agree I'm, with that. I'm like with a horror film, I'm okay with like leaving things unanswered, but I think horror films are most effective when they, they simplify the plot or the characterization or the villain to like a razor sharp edge, you know, mm-hmm. they're yeah. focused like you can deal with complex themes in a movie and you can make references to them, but it felt like the movie was trying to fit all of this into like a puzzle to make it all like it could just, you know, it could just touched on the fact that it was set in the projects and the people would have got it, but they would try to make it all into a thing, you know? So what I hear you saying is that it bit off way more than it can chew and tackled huge topics and didn't really know how to juggle them all in the air. Exactly. It, it came off as bloated. So like you have an, like I would describe Candyman as a very smart movie. Like there's a ton of stuff that this movie knows about. It's like someone who could talk his ass off at a party, but emotionally there, like I had a hard time emotionally connecting with the villain, the main character, like, there was just like confusion in their characterization and uh, their actions. One scene they were sympathetic, but then the next scene they weren't. And then the ending, I, I hated. Like, I really didn't like the ending of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, like, ultimately, I thought it was a smart movie. I think it's well made. I think it did a lot of things well, but 
it kind of sagged under the weight of its like own ambitions. I'm I'm gonna say I liked it. I will preface that with saying at first I didn't like it, but then the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. My man. And maybe maybe I convinced myself <laughs> in some weird psychological way, or the movie convinced me. I think the movie is throwing a lot at you in terms of its themes. It's very like racially charged uh, mess, like racially charged topics and all of that. But at the crux of it is a simple story. And it's uh-huh. the movie is almost made to challenge the watcher directly to kind of it's challenging you on what you think of Candyman when Candyman is kind of his own character and the urban legend that even each of us have developed around just the film's character. Like you can see that we all kind of reacted differently to him. And that kind of plays with the uh, urban legend part. But at the center of it, Candyman is just a lover. Like he's a, he's a romantic figure that only really wants one thing in the movie. He's not, he doesn't care about, the people in Cabrini. He doesn't care about about racism. He doesn't even he doesn't want revenge on the people that killed him. Like not even the bloodline of those people. What he really only wants is the main character, which is the woman that he fixates on and says that he's fallen in love with. I, I could I I could see the argument. Like it's a it's a good argument to be made. I I'll be honest. I think I think it's like you and Steven can have that argument. I just don't think I watched it to that level of depth. Like I, I you know what I mean? I don't, I mean that seriously. I just yeah. I don't think I looked that hard. I I, I think I it's hear an, what you're saying though. I think it's an interesting read, in the sense that I guess Candyman had uh, lived or haunted this place at a certain in a certain way for a while like killing just indiscriminately or through fear. See, I don't I sudden, don't think he did kill people. I think that could have been the gang members that killed people. Well, what I'm saying is then Helen comes into his environment and then his focus shifts. If if he really was the one who's killing. Yeah, I I I I have your opinion too, no. I think it was a, just a rumor that these gang members used. Yeah, I think he lives. I think he lives off of the fear. But like Noah said, his only focus is the love. Like he, he survives off of that. But like I feel like even saying these things are too weird and abstract. Like I just don't feel like the movie was too clear about it. It's definitely not clear. It's definitely not clear. It's meant to be a psychological thriller. That was even the attention of the writer and the director. But I, if you look at every every single person that Candyman killed, was because they were in the way of his relationship with the main character helen Hmm. he didn't kill anyone else besides or at least that you knew of specifically like they showed that Candyman killed like they were talking about murders or like that beginning story that that guy told in the classroom but there was no confirmation that was Candyman. that could have been anyone but the only people that Candyman actually kills in the movie it's everyone that's in the way of helen's relationship him his relationship with helen yeah, because sense. the entire yeah. movie, he's just like, come to me. And he keeps freeing yeah. her every chance he gets. Well, at least in that one scene at the very least. Well, can I ask you can I ask you about the baby, though? Like, what's the point of sacrificing the baby, right? Like, I don't think he's can, sacrificing can... it. Well, I think he he wants them all to be that. in death together. They're, yeah, they're going to burn together, just like he burned. Yeah. Right. But like, why? Why the baby? Right? Like, there was because she was pregnant. The... She was pregnant he, with his he, child. He wants to recreate the family and have them all live together in the afterlife. That's the reason why they killed yeah. and they tortured and killed him is because he got that hit the the white guy's daughter pregnant. I know, but like, we're we're starting to apply so much reason. Well, I know. There's never anything specifically. He wasn't, he wasn't even real. Like, I didn't even know how he started burning. Like, yeah, I, don't get I it. had a big problem with that too. If he was just legend, how did he really catch on fire and die in the collapse? Yeah, I don't know. That was a that was a big hole for me. Like, well, it, is think- a, it is a horror movie, guys. I want sound logic. <laughs> <laughs> Next question: Was it scary to you? Was there anything that scared you in the film? Hold on, let me check. <laughs> How many of those are you drinking? Too many, apparently. <laughs> One for every ad break. Um, 
Was it scary? Uh, How many of those Bud Lights are you drinking? It's not Bud Light, David. It's a Bud Light seltzer. All right, Bud Light seltzer. It's basically uh, water, okay? Sure. I also am drinking lemon water at the same time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not, we're not sponsored by lemon water, all right? Yeah. Get that shit sure. out of here. Torture, <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Um, was it scary? Uh, I would say no. It was not scary. Not a single thing scared you. No. I, I, like right. I said, that's, not, that's maybe my fault for we're not watching it in the right context and focus. Um, yeah. No, but that's exactly why we have you. I blame you entirely. No, but but I don't think I would have been scared anyway. Like, I, that's not what scares me. And I think I actually really was drawn into the thriller aspect, the psychological part. Yeah. Um, I don't think mm. they could have like jumped out and freaked me out. Like the gore, you know, gore doesn't bother me too much, and it's also old, so it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like cutting edge. It was great effects, but it wasn't like some crazy like gory thing. Oh, that I, I thought his hand looked so good. Like it looked oh, real. Yeah. To me. I kind of hurt my hand whenever really, I looked at it. It really bummed me out, though, because I was just like, why? Why does he have a hook for a hand? They sawed his hand off. But why give why him a hook? hook? I don't get it. <laughs> what, is he going to kill exactly. people with a nub? Is he going to punch people to death with a nub? No, he's got to have some sort of scary part of him. They stripped him of everything. Why do they give him a hook? Get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, they 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 shove the they shove the hook in his stump and then they yeah, kill they, him. Oh, there you go. They shove the hook in his stump. Yeah, so but that's why? To give it, like, it just felt were... like it. They were they were <laughs> super racist. Why did he have a dope leather jacket? You oh, know I, I mean? can I can explain that because he was rich and is and an aristocrat at the time, and he was going to the opera to pick up his girlfriend. He he was going to pick up his girlfriend and take her to the opera. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, that was that was the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for. The, the fashion of the time period of the times fashion wear leather Makes jackets sense. that make you yeah. look like a villain. He the looked villain. like yeah. a, he looked like a pimp, and not like you know. That's an opera waistcoat. Uh, I think what scared me, I wouldn't say scared, but I think what what was like um, shaking to me, like that you know, I started to resonate with, was when he like had those long monologues with her where it was like ethereal, and they were like locking eyes and she was kind of like trancing out and there was like a like i I wouldn't say it's scary but there's like this kind of like there's this like deep-seated fear of like that power and like what's going on and it's like is he messing with her mind like what what's happening here and i thought that was kind of fun and that was like you know it wasn't too dark but it was it was kind of like messes with your your brain a little bit the uh actress virginia madsen was hypnotized by a professional hypnotist and when any scene where the Candyman and her like interact it, mm-hmm. the director would say the magic word and she would go into a trance. So no that's way, crazy. She, was wow. in a, she was actually in a trance when all those scenes where it looked like she was. Oh, I don't know if they agreed to that. Wow. And the director, they they're still friends, and they met, and like they even met recently. Yeah. And he used the magic word on her, and the trance still worked. So oh, man. Is, is it only his voice? I don't know. No, it's just a magic word that they can use. That's awful. Like that's that's whole right She said that she would never do that again. But she was a young actress at the time, and she wanted this role, and she agreed to anything. And the guy, and the director writer is kind of a crazy guy, so he wanted it to look as real as possible. Mm. That you see, that scares me. Yeah, that scared me. That's like. <laughs> That's that's like someone saying like yeah I got addicted to cocaine because I was playing a, an addict. That happens to some people where they like get strung out on their roles real hard and like they fall into that life because they try to like put themselves in that role as hard as they can. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Uh, I I'm gonna answer the question: Is it scary? And I will say there was one scene that really shook me, and. It, I don't really I don't get shaken easily during horror movies and this like it kind of came out of the blue. It was the scene where she the very first scene where she she wakes up in a pile of in a pl- puddle of blood with a knife in her hand and yes. all you hear is just screaming like just like more like the screaming was so believable of like um the the oh, lady the, the, yeah. her baby the mother and then she looks over and she sees the decapitated head of the dog there and then yeah. she gets and she goes into the room and she, and the mother's just weeping over the crib and the baby's gone and there's blood just everywhere and it's just so disorienting like as a watcher 
because you don't know what's happening. Everything before that was just a fake jump scare where like something pops out and it's just like, hey, like, hey, or a cat goes by, goes meow. Like, it's just all fake. And then all of a sudden it just throws this hardcore scene at you of, of this woman just completely mourning in a dead animal. Like, and you just don't know what's going on. And that like shook me to my core. And it, that was, that was one of the scariest scenes in a horror we've ever seen. Besides that, everything else was like yeah, your I casual, agree. your casual horror. But that scene like definitely just stuck out to me. Mm. Yeah, that was one of the, I agree. It's definitely one of the best scenes in the movie. And I agree too. Having a kid recently, that just made it so much worse. Yeah, yeah I, I think I agree. That resonated with me. All those kid scenes. Why don't we move on to you, David? Did you think it was scary? Um, yeah. I thought it created a good like horror atmosphere. I also had, you know, my memories of seeing it as a kid. And like those scenes that really terrified me and like yeah, I, I would I'd still to this day not say Candyman five times in front of a mirror. Has anyone tried that since watching this movie? No. no. Hell no. No, it's 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 like you don't play with a Ouija board. It's just like yeah, you know. It's, it's not that it's real. You just don't want to there, take the chance. But there is a realness about it. Yeah. And, <laughs> That's interesting you say that. It's like acknowledging the myth gives it life, so we don't want to do it. Just like the movie, kind yeah. of like you know. Well, just I like will, they say in the movie, everyone always stops at four. Yeah, I will Candy say that. Man. It, Candy um, man. Candy <laughs> man. There's no mirror. Candy man. I will say. Um, your voice is reminding me of Tony Todd's voice, which was like the voice of God, like in that film. Yeah. It was like, his was like, voice is awesome in that. Yeah. He did a really great job. That I always fell in love. <laughs> <laughs> to make a long story short, I did, I did think it was scary. I think it was successful in being a scary movie. Okay, great. Nick, was it scary? I know you said it was scarier as a child, but how about now watching it? The only thing that caught me by surprise was just the idea of um, like when he opens up the trench coat and you see all the bees and then he has the bees in his mouth. Like that was a good shocking visual where I was like, holy crap. And like I was watching it like thinking like this, this has to be real because like I'm looking, I'm like, it doesn't look like it's just a mask on a mannequin or anything. And then Steven even said that it was real. So I'm even more shocked. Yeah, He had a mouth Um, guard and they just dumped bees in his mouth. (laughs) <laughs> so when I went to elementary school, in order for me to get to school, I always had to cross over this really giant bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and underneath the bridge was always this graffiti writing. And when you're a kid, you know, you just make up all this nonsense about what could be under the bridge. And, you know, one of the things that kids would say is like, oh, like Candyman's underneath there, too, and he'll come get you. And like, you know, you just think of this guy with a hook who could just appear out of nowhere and, you know, just rip you from your balls to your neck. And just the idea of that is terrifying. And when you watch the movie, that's all you're thinking about. So you're not even paying attention to like the actual exposition or psychological thriller part of it. When you just wait for the moment he comes through and just tears somebody, you know, from top bottom to top. So now that I actually watched the movie in its entirety, you know, not focusing so much, not, I guess, being so involved in the slasher uh, element out of fear. Like I watched it and I was like, this isn't, this doesn't lend any credence for me to be afraid of anything. Like, cause again, like, is he real? Is he just showing up to show up? And again, the biggest joke is he just shows up and kills somebody for you. And then you catch the charge. And I'm like, yeah. that's, that's just kind of screwed up. He's like, I'm not going to jail, but you sure as shit are. Uh-uh. Yeah. So you would say the power kind of Nick's, faded Nick's off. biggest fear is going to prison. That's what I got <laughs> from that. <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, I feel like um, the idea it, ha- it had a it had a hold on you as a child. But as you grew up and watched it, it kind the of faded. yeah. The bridge story you told was pretty cool. You can yeah, see how that like sticks like, with you. You made it bigger in your head than it actually was when you saw it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like like all kids do when you think about the idea. Like you know, when you see um, like you know a Jason movie, you automatically think when you go to bed, Jason's just gonna jump through a window or something and start slashing mm-hmm. at you. But yeah. So you, the idea of the the, I, the fear I had of him possibly coming out of nowhere to take my neck, uh, you know, once that you know waned and didn't really exist, like the there was nothing to really be afraid of in the movie. Hmm. That's interesting. You know that this this movie, my wife credits as the movie that made her never want to watch horror ever. 
This was wow, the one really? movie she saw as like a teenager, and she has has been completely adverse to horror movies ever since she said it scared the crap out of her and she'll never watch another horror movie so well good for you nick good for you watching this again and conquering your fears because like i could say like the movie that scared the crap out of me the most as a kid was darkness falls but i've watched that and i'm like this movie sucks it's not scary (laughs) at all but as a kid it terrified me i didn't want to go outside in the dark after that yeah steven was this scary you have one yeah. second, Stephen. <laughs> Absolutely. There, done. <laughs> um, no, I think it, it was definitely scary, and I think that Tony Todd did a great job as a villain. Um, everyone was up in arms about Sweeney Midsommar. Todd. Tony uh, Todd, Tony, man. He's the, he's the candy man. And the tale of Sweeney Todd. <laughs> no singing. It's cutting into my one second. Um, <laughs> no, I, I remember when everyone was like going crazy about Midsommar, this horror movie that came out two years ago or a year ago where it was just set in daylight, but they introduced Candyman in mid daylight in an urban landscape in the most benign place. Like just, you know, like out of nowhere. Yeah. One of the best part of the movie is that it's that type of setting. Just like you said. Yeah. And like you have like Jason and uh, Freddy Krueger and Michael who terrorize the suburban areas, but now you have Candyman in the urban areas and he's terrorizing the folks that live there. I think it was a great kind of like, twist on the like standard horror trope so yeah i think it was scary i think also like when this movie aired they really shot in cabrini green and that was a real place like a real dangerous place they they let them be extras in the movie yeah there was five five rival rival gangs at the time in cabrini green and they had to pay them off and like steven said they gave them roles so that part where they're heckling them in the front, that those are those are actual gang members. Yeah. And they uh the the film um the film people almost got off unscathed on the last day of shooting. Uh a bullet hit their van. Um, but that was it. No one was hurt, no equipment was damaged, just that, and they got off without any uh interesting. Yeah. So I think I think that adds some like real world horror and real world terror. To yeah. like the to the movie the and now we're gonna pick a side yeah we're gonna <laughs> do a brand new pick a side debate ignoring the creator's intentions do you believe Candyman is a monster the general audience could empathize with and was that portrayed effectively on screen for Candyman to work uh in the movie it really hinges on him being like an empathetic figure right you want because he suffered such injustice in his real life and now he's doomed to be this villain with a hook for a hand and you know exposed rib cages and these bees following him everywhere like he he's horrific but he's um, he's supposed to be empathetic right because his origins have tragic um Uh have a tragic beginning yeah so in that sense like you want him to you know i guess obtain some form of justice uh, you want his legend to rise like mm-hmm. you know there's there's a lot of things going from for him there but it didn't the movie didn't do an effective job of generating that empathy um, and because of that I think it really crippled the characterization of Candyman in the film like what was the biggest barrier to his empathy where you feel like it didn't come through I think they better craft empathy not around like an external relationship with another person, but by exploring the character itself. For Candyman, like it wasn't more an ex like exploration of himself and like what was driving him to like like tap into this killer instinct, but it was more about the relationship that he had with Helen that he was pursuing and like at all costs like killing anyone that came in the way of that relationship well i i think to establish empathy you have to craft you have to shine a light on Candyman as almost being an anti-hero versus a villain and i think anti-heroes whenever they kill it's the righteous kill it's you know i'm killing somebody and, and that's and that's what and that's what he doesn't do so i i think if they wanted to establish empathy he has to kill righteously, but 
he he doesn't. So David, stick on stick on that. Would you say that you didn't empathize with him then because he didn't kill? He it's like he didn't get revenge or anything on the people that deserved it. He kind of just killed. He killed everyone that was just in the way of his relationship. Yeah, if you're looking at it at the as he's trying to like reclaim what was stolen from him, like so he's tr- he's really trying to get to Helen. So now he's like blinded by ju- he's he's got the blinders on. He just wants Helen. So now he's just like indiscriminately killing whomever gets in his way. Um, so did you empathize with him? No, I think if they wanted us to empathize with him, he would have he would have killed people like the gangsters. He would have killed the cheating husband. He would have done like, he would have, I think his victims to make him almost more empathetic would be either just like angry men. I got you. So your major holdback was that he didn't kill the right people. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you can kill the right people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think he had any righteous kills. Okay. I think maybe if, even if he killed, if he killed the husband at the end, if the husband's going Helen, 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 and then Candyman appears, and it's like she's you never loved her or something like that, I and then you. he, I think like that would have been a, a like his, you know. Yeah. All right. Um, I got gotcha. you, Johnny. What about you? Ooh, tough one. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't really have any empathy. Um. I thought of him more of a monster. Like I said, I already thought he was confusing. I think the part that I empathized with was that the parts in between the movie that were like the psychological thriller that made you empathize with like, if are you like, could you be going through this? Like, that's where I got it. Like, is this person something that just exists in your mind? Mm -hmm. Like I empathize with the idea of him being a thing in your mind and that you were like losing it. Like I actually empathize with that. So I felt empathy during the movie and i empathize that this per- but i didn't empathize with the character i empathize with like the status of the movie maybe with more helen than anything yeah okay that's what i was gonna say are you more empathizing with helen than candy yeah probably. candy man is more of her thorn in the side to you yeah i guess i guess that's yeah maybe that's what i mean more i think i think i guess what i mean is empathy was um something that i felt during the movie just not for candy man yeah, I gotcha. What about you, Nick? Um, I am not empathetic towards Candyman more so than I'm empathetic to the, I guess, just the black people in general. And I guess that deals with the residents of Caprini Green strictly just because, uh, I guess if you want to look at it in the most racial way possible Candyman was just an innocent black guy who finally was liked by white people but then he still got betrayed by white people and yeah. was killed um mm-hmm. uh and then he becomes a monster in his own right and he i guess if he's attacking mostly at caprini green he's killing black people more than anything uh, exactly. so he's kind yeah. of being like a monster to his own race and like white people made him that um and then the black people of Caprini Green are just terrorized by the fact that they're going to be killed next because they're all just like, well, it's going to be us. So, like, by the end of the movie, like, you kind of just feel bad for black people in general for all the nonsense they've had to deal with. And because, like, one thing begot another, like, the white people, not lied, but, I mean, I guess they showed their true colors of the 1890s to act like they liked him and then, you know, turned on him in a second. And then he just became a monster to his own people. Um, so I guess I sympathize more with the residents than anything else. Nick, the thing about him being created into the villain, the horror, a villain, the monster by, you know, the white people who did end up really killing him when he was a human being that, that actually, I like that. I, I, I think I lost sight of that in the movie was that he was forced into the villain role. You know, the hook was put on his hand. He didn't choose to put it on his hand. Right. So I think. I like that part that you brought up. He really didn't do anything wrong, and they just kind of, you know, forced their angry stereotypes and views on him. And he was like, "Well, if I'm, the, if you say I'm a monster, then I'll be a monster." Mm. I liked that he didn't kill for vengeance. I liked that he killed for love. Uh, he obviously had a tragic. <laughs> no, no, you do, <laughs> yeah, man. He, sometimes, sometimes you gotta kill for love. It's cool. It's cool to kill for love, bro. 
it's cool it's <laughs> well it's 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 different you know like horror villains are very they have similar reasons they kill and it's usually for vengeance well and did he love her man, or was he obsessed with her i think he loved her i mean i'm sure love and obsession there's a very like close line there that He's obvious. He's a ghost. Okay, he's a ghost that's haunted by his past, and he's doomed to do the same thing over and over and over. Is my opinion. And yeah. any lady that says Candyman five times, he fit he fixates on, and it's almost his curse that he has to make her his loved one, have the family, and then burn together. That's that's my mythos I've created in my head, and I see that as a tragedy. And I think Helen is, you know, this well-to-do woman that just comes along and thinks she can do anything she wants and save the black people. And she gets caught up in that curse. And I, I, I think Tony Todd really brings that across of the man just trying to find love doomed to repeat the same torture that he's experienced in the past. And there's something tragic and I can empathize with that tragedy. Now you made me now now you made me think in in the original story that she hears when he kills the babysitter didn't they all didn't they, didn't she also kill the kid yeah they put him in yeah. the oven you yeah know, like just like the fire they burned it so yeah that, I guess that, that's something that I missed that uh that was his first time trying to recreate his his love but if you notice every time he does it because when they showed the babysitter when they talk about ruthie jean and then with helen it's always a white woman that he's trying to do this with because the babysitter was a white woman ruthie jean was a white woman living in the projects and then- oh, I, didn't catch, I didn't catch that nick that's good yeah i have an idea why don't why don't one of us go to the mirror right now and and see if it works. Oh, but we're not white women. We're just gonna get killed. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if your theory is right, if your theory is right, nothing will happen. <laughs> or he'll fall deeply in love with me. You're right. <laughs> I'd be like, Tony, what's going on? Get to My see you. Boy, a sweet, sultry voice. Sweets for the sweet. I didn't like the hook. I didn't like the hook. I mean, <laughs> the hook was great. The fact that it was like bloody and there was viscera and there was like a nail sticking out that was like keeping it oh, in. Yeah. I love that. I love so, that. It looks so real to me. I don't care what you say. It looks so real. It looked really painful. I didn't like the hook. <laughs> I like the hook because it's different. You don't really find a lot of horror icons who ha- or horror uh, monsters that use a hook. But I agree with John in the sense that like, why in the process of cutting his hand off, you'd be like, you know what? Let's just give him a hook. Like, oh. put a hook on it. Right? Like, <laughs> so how so how should he have killed? Summoning bees? Any, uh, pick pick something. They they would have picked anything. They had razor blade candy. They had, you know, magical appearances. You know, they just give them the bees. hook, man. I mean, the hook is <laughs> fine. Shotgun, just, would have been good. The, the hook's backstory just doesn't add up to me. Oh, I think it's kind of crazy getting a hook tra- jab through your nub arm. Your recently sawed off nub arm. That just sounds Ugh, painful. God, I'm gonna, <laughs> um, you know what? Honestly, if we're talking about like, has the other side convinced you of their argument? I will say that uh, Nick's thing about, you know, being made into a monster being you know, they obviously committed these horrendous acts against Candyman uh, because they viewed him as a monster, right? And then they chopped off his hand, gave him a hook, and they were like, here, go be a monster. And that's exactly what he ended up being, right? Like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. I think in that sense, if you if they leaned a little bit more into that idea, you would have had a very empathetic With flashbacks. Figure. Not flashbacks. With I don't flashbacks. like flashbacks. No flashbacks. All right. Well, is- well. Guess what? They didn't get the point across, and they didn't have flashbacks. So, no flashbacks. The the logical conclusion is they needed flashbacks. No, no flashbacks. Flashbacks. Anyway, I, I I would I would jump into. I just I don't think they did it. I don't think they did the job of getting the empathy across. I hear what you're saying, and I think they could have, but I I just don't think they spent enough time on the on the villain, and they made him too confusing. Agreed. Hmm. I think the the structure was there, the premise was there. It just they tried to tackle too many, you know, big things, and it got washed out. He kind of plays second fiddle in his own. Yeah, movie. exactly. 
Okay. It's hard to it's hard to empathize with someone that you don't spend enough time with, you know? You need time to empathize. That's why Candyman 2. I'm just kidding. I don't know anything about that one. No, There's like three of them. Know. There's three, and each one gets worse and worse as yeah. you go on. They're making a, re- a remake, right? Oh, no, a sequel. No, yeah. It's not a remake. Jordan it's Peele... a spiritual successor. Jordan Peele is a big fan of Candyman. He uh, he attributes Candyman to the reason he said if there wasn't Candyman, he wouldn't have made Get Out. Wow. That's huge. Yeah, let me just read you his quote quickly. This is a quote from Jordan Peele. I think the reason I love the original Candyman is, for better or worse, it broke us out of the box. A black monster was pretty revolutionary. If there was no Candyman, I don't know that there would be a Get Out. How do I tell a story with a black villain in a world that has exhausted the villainization of black people? And yet, this piece of representation I crave as a horror fan. And in the past, when we were made the monster, it was a monster without empathy. For this monster, Tony Todd built a character that was force and had charisma and gave me a sense of power as opposed to a feeling of otherness. That was Jordan Peele, Empire Magazine, June 2020. I like that a lot. I think he acknowledges the flaws with the movie he says for better or worse mm-hmm. you know um but i think he was able to take inspiration from you know the parts that are inspiring and was able to kind of see past its flaws um i think in that sense right that i'm being very nitpicky with uh a lot of the critiques that i have about the film oh it was too you know weighty based on all the influences it was trying to take in but i do think that at its core, it's a very smart film. Um, I just had problems with the emotional beats. So I don't think anyone changed their position. Yeah, after the debate, has anyone's opinion changed? Or just Steven agrees more, uh, likes what Nick said about making them a monster. Has anyone's opinion changed at all? Uh, my opinion doesn't change. I can understand your point of view, but I agree with John that we, I don't think we get enough time to really good, find like a good like sense of empathy for him. You know, I think it's very novel, especially for its time. That you know, it's a, it's just a black guy being this role of like you know this very dominant supernatural figure. You know, where he you know, he can't be stopped, and it's a black mm-hmm. like, you know, and like because like I guess you could yeah, say with a lot yeah. of killers, like they have like a pretty similar not mo, but they have a very similar way of presenting themselves and like for him to just come up and be like hey baby that's right with this you're gonna do what i'm super... gonna tell you because i got <laughs> so powers and you're like oh and then he opens up the coat and he's like i got bees i wish the bees were used to kill more honestly the bees no, could have been more. that i got bees, <laughs> I, got bees. <laughs> I wish the bees were more of a, a way to kill because that would have been very Yeah, novel. I agree. I agree. The hook, like, I'd actually prefer the bees, to be honest. So what I'm hearing is less hook, more bees. Less <laughs> yeah. hook, more bees. The book, just, more bees. The hook feels the a little is, ham-fisted in. Uh, I know. I you know guys are yeah. so picky. It's ridiculous. They both work. I love the hook. The hook is trash, Steven. Look. It's straight trash. <laughs> the hook being ham-fisted into his character is my Georgetown thesis on this movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, take the elitist. What does the hook? <laughs> what does the hook represent? Can I just say, without the hook, you wouldn't get that delicious sound of someone's back getting torn open by a hook. Oh, oh that's you're absolutely true. Right. The hook it is a like, great <laughs> weapon. It's just that what, the... what what you would get is something amiss of. Yeah, that might have been annoying. As much as the bees would have been cool to see, be- like death by bees, it wouldn't have been impactful enough. Like when th- she's in this, uh, the office talking to the doctor, and then she's like, "I can summon him." If she, if bees just came about, I'd be like, "Well, this kind of sucks." So it was very impactful and great that she was like, "I can summon him," and he's like, "No, you can't." And then wham, right up the crotch to his stomach, and you're like, "Whoo, okay, sure showed you." Yeah. So I'm. <laughs> yup. <laughs> well, no, but like that was impactful. Like, right. could, yeah, imagine yeah, that yeah, scene yeah. with bees. Like, if you watch that scene with bees, you'd be like, "Eh." I agree. Of- I agree. That's why the hook's great. The hook is fantastic. It would have been cool if like bees just started coming out of the dude's mouth. So right? maybe he could have infected people with bees. Like bees when he cut did you, come out of his mouth. Out of- no, but bees I'm saying literally he- came out of his mouth. No, but like if he cuts people, they bleed bees out of themselves. 
Oh my god, they only had so much bee budget, guys. <laughs> like the These bees weren't endangered and expensive. They could have pulled this off. Yeah, not that in movie, the 90s. That, that movie would be nothing without bees, okay? All right, you know what? Let me just drop some trivia on you guys quickly. <laughs> Tony Todd, in his contract, negotiated a bonus of $1,000 for every bee sting he suffered during filming. Wow. He was stung 26 times, so he made $26,000. like enough money. 26000 Are you kidding me? That's great. That's great. Like a lot of money, bro. I get stung 26 <laughs> times for 26000 You would not? Uh, nope. How? Like, multiply that by 10. No, I'm not paying At you least. two. I'm not paying you $260,000 to be stung 26 times. He got a bad deal. That's all I'm saying. 26000 <laughs> in the 1990s, though, man. That's pretty sweet. That is awesome. Right, that's basically yeah, uh, 260000 no, have you ever been stung 26 times? I feel like after the first time, it wouldn't be so bad. Mm, I don't think that's how it works. Maybe they happen simultaneously. <laughs> Most of them happened in his mouth, so maybe it wouldn't be that great. Oh, oh Yeah, that would God. be even worse, I feel. Because so they, they, act- be more- they actually were pretty friendly bees. The, the actress said that <laughs> they felt like Q-tips on her face, but they were agitated when they went in his mouth, so that's when they stung him. Oh, uh. I got stung in the ear once, like right in the earlobe. Like I remember Ooh, that sucks. my Nick, mom took it Nick, out. Would you be stung twenty six times in the ear for twenty six thousand dollars? Today, no. But if I was like, oh what? my god, I, was, I don't, I don't believe you guys. You guys are if, ridiculous. If I was twelve, I'd be like, 000? yeah, I would. Twenty six thousand is not that much money. Oh my god, are you kidding me? Twenty six thousand dollars is not a lot of money. That's a down payment oh on a car. God, that's so much tax, money. Tax free. For yeah, for it's... for like pain for a week, that that's pretty good. That's not just pain for a week. You could like twenty six times a, a lot of times. Twenty six thousand dollars being stung. If I got twenty six thousand, cover the medical like, bills. Yeah, right. That I would spend that money just on making sure I would like you know just to heal myself. Being you in guys the are being and so then I would dramatic. That money. This is you're so dramatic right now. I feel like, have been see, the debate. if I got $26,000 for only being stung like five times, I'd be like, that's, I made out like a bandit, but 26, are you guys things? just making $26,000 every month or something that I'm missing? Like, <laughs> what's the deal? Am I the only person that would get stung 26 that time for 26,000 is not enough. To, is not enough to pay for my groceries, let alone my microphone. What do you know all I'm gonna say is you deserve more and you deserve better if you think twenty six thousand dollars is so straight up. Steven, 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 support me on this. Yeah, would you? I I mean, hundred percent. That's right. That's right. If I get stung a thousand dollars per sting, I would let them sting me as long as I can endure it. There you go. They're baby bees, guys. They were baby bees. Yeah, one one after the other. I would be so I would be so jacked up on adrenaline. I'd be so jacked up on adrenaline, I wouldn't even care at that point. I'd just be like, let's even, keep going. Have you ever been jacked up on adrenaline? <laughs> I would let All them the sting time, me for 26 days straight, one, once a day. There you go. Yeah, like 26 yeah. times at once sounds rough. I just don't, I mean, I, what I say, I don't know if I'm allergic or not. Well, the actress was allergic and she was fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, based on that knowledge, then I'll just be stung. <laughs> What if? it was fine. So now, so now we know who's desperate for some cash and who's not. <laughs> I guess it's just it's just me and me Steven, and, man. Me and Nick are sitting tight over here. You guys are yeah. <laughs> that, that, uh... You guys don't think twenty eight thousand dollars is a lot of money. I kind of I feel like I feel I below feel like, you. I just feel like I don't need to be on Jackass. I'm a thirty year old adult, you know. We're, to... we're, it would be in a professional setting, Jenny, with like a professional oh, <laughs> <laughs> to wrangle yeah, all this back together. No one's opinion changed, and <laughs> I don't know who would rec- I don't know who would recommend it. This conversation was as confusing as the movie. Yeah, it seems we made it clear some of us would prostitute ourselves out for money. We let's, it seems clear. So let's, I could let's just be clear. Let's just be clear to any listeners out there that everyone looked at this movie completely different. So we can't really yeah. tell you what you're going to take out of this movie. I think it was a fun conversation, though. Now, this conversation was everywhere, but it was fun. Based on the <laughs> chaotic conversation that we just had, I think I would recommend the movie to anyone really like just go watch it see what you think of it and try to take away something and have a con- conversation with four other guys about whether you would get sing- 
stung by bees for money. Yeah. Right let's, now, you know? let's just say it's a thinker. Anyone that's listening, it's it's definitely a thinker that you have to talk about with people. Otherwise, I'd recommend it for people who are uh, for people who are fans of like the horror genre. I'd say this is a must. Um, especially if you're a fan of slasher, I'd say this is a must. Candyman it's is a, a worthy horror icon. It is next to Freddy Krueger and Michael Myers. Yeah. Definitely a better he, villain. He's ele- he's elevated. He's a nicer he's, guy, you know. Yeah, yeah. watch uh, the birth of a a modern day horror classic. I thought he was gonna say watch exactly. Birth of a Nation. I was like, where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me no. too, bro. No, no, no. Johnny, uh, close us out. This is the Spooky Screen signing off. We hope you were seduced by what's his name? Tony Todd. Tony Todd. Take <laughs> Candyman five times. Candyman, 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 Candyman.